St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. A couple of folks have asked me recently about subscribing to the podcast so that it can be added to any other subscriptions on their podcast app of choice. If you'd like to do this, I've put details of the subscription feed on our website. Just go to the communal worship page there for details. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday morning service held on February 26, 2023. To find out how to join us and for other general information, please visit www.stjamesleith.org.uk. Welcome to our first Sunday in Lent where we're looking at preparing our hearts, mind and space. And Joe uh, and Carol will be doing a reflection and prayers later on in the service. And a welcome, especially if you're a visitor today and a welcome to all those at home as well. So we start our service with a moment's quiet just to prepare our hearts and minds and we'll light a candle in church and invite those at home to light a candle at home to connect our worship together as what's happening here in church with all the worship that's happening in different people's homes. So let's just have a moment's quiet. We come this morning from scattered lives to meet with God. Let us recognize God's presence with us. Let us worship God together. Gather us, O God, and we will know your life that makes us one.
strength to open to God each other and ourselves, we offer now in silence the gift of our imperfection and we acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourself and each other. May all that is unfree in you and between any of us be released. And may you and we blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. from Genesis. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may eat freely of every tree in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So we're going to do our gospel reading a little bit differently today. It's going to be interactive with some actions. But before we do that, I'd like us to set the scene. Now, 
I want to take your minds back a few weeks when we read about Jesus being baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. Now, remember the scene as Jesus emerges out of the water the heaven was opened the heavens were opened and the holy spirit descended on him in the bodily form of a dove and a voice came out of heaven and it said this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased wow in front of witnesses Jesus had been claimed by God as his own son. Jesus had been made legitimate in the eyes of his community and given the best professional reference that you can get. This a distinctly audible seal of divine approval. But now in chapter 4, just before we start our reading, we don't find Jesus celebrating with his friends or beginning his ministry with a great big bang. Instead, he is led out into the wilderness. Now, one of today's public relations experts would be shaking their heads in despair. They would say that what Jesus now needed was exposure. He needs to capitalize on the momentum. He could be big on social media. He needs to take advantage of this moment of fame and recognition in order to provide himself with the physical and financial comforts that, that will maximize his potential. They would see slots on daytime TV, a spread in the Jerusalem version of Hello, or should I say Shalom magazine. Instead, Jesus turns his back on all this fame and he goes out into the wilderness, not just for one day, but for 40, 40 days and nights. And actually, he doesn't precisely go into the wilderness so much as he is led. He's led by the Holy Spirit. So it's worth reminding ourselves what a wilderness is. A place away from it all, where there are no towns, no roads, few trees or plants. And the Judean uh, wilderness isn't a kind place. It's very hot during the day and extremely cold at night. And if you are a human, you are not at the top of the food chain. It was believed by people to be a place where powers roamed around. And there were also robbers and bandits hiding and outcasts of all kinds. Water is notoriously hard to find. Not an easy place in which to survive overnight, yet alone for 40 days. So now we're ready to read or act our reading.
Jesus could begin his work, he went through a series of challenges. First, he went out into the wilderness where he had to survive all on his own with no one around. Second, he had no food and he was out there for 40 days so he felt very weak and hungry by the end of that time. Third, there were wild animals. There were wild animals out there and he had to trust God to keep him safe. Fourth, he had to face three difficult tests. The first was this. He was tempted to turn the rocks into lovely, soft, fresh bread. And he was hungry, and this was a very difficult test. He could easily have done it with all the power that he had. He could have turned the rocks into all kinds of delicious food, but he didn't. Instead, he remembered these words. It takes more than bread to stay alive. We need to have God's life-giving words. The second was this. He found himself on top of the temple in the city and he was tempted to make a spectacular jump so that God would send some angels to catch him so that he wouldn't even stub his toe on the rocks. People in the city would see it and it would prove that he was the son of God and that he couldn't die yet because he had a very special mission to do. Jesus remembered these words. Whatever you do, don't test God, trust him. The third test happened like this. He walked up onto the rocks, overlooking miles and miles of beautiful cities. And a voice said to him, You can have all of this, all of it. You can be in charge of it all. All you have to do is worship me instead of God. Jesus could have had all the power in the world over the cities and the people in them. They would have been under his control. It was very tempting. But instead, Jesus said, Worship God. He is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he is the only one we must ever worship. Jesus knew that he already had all the power in the world. He didn't have to prove it by leaping off those rocks. After this, God sent his angels to look after Jesus and to keep him safe from the wild animals. This is the word of God. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for your help. Well done. That was great. So, I wonder, why did Jesus go into the wilderness? He was led there by the Spirit so that he could be alone with God to think about his work and pray over his future plans and to discern the full meaning of what it would have on his life. How would he best use this power? How would he take his ministry forward? What sort of Messiah was he going to be? The stakes were enormous. One false move and God's plan for the salvation of mankind would be over before it even got off the ground. Through fasting and prayer, he prepared himself to travel on the hard road that lay ahead. This was a time that Jesus needed. He needed to go through this before he could call his followers and begin his earthly ministry by calling disciples to come and follow him. For me, one of the most important things about our gospel reading this morning is that it shows more about Jesus's humanity than almost any other story for me. Although we read in the Bible that he was like us in all things except for sin, we tend to see him as this amazing miracle worker, this assured teacher and confident leader. But here we find him at his most vulnerable. The book of Hebrews tells us he was in all parts tempted like we are. And that's an amazing thing to think, isn't it? God knows what, Jesus knows what we go through because he's been through these things too. So Jesus needed to spend quality time with God to reflect on what was ahead. And that's something we need too, isn't it? Today is the first Sunday of the season of Lent. So what is Lent? Lent is is 40 days, not counting the Sundays, leading up to the celebration of Easter. In the early church, these 40 days were used by the new converts. These 40 days would then lead up to their baptisms. But for us, it's time that we can get closer, that we can think about our lives, our ministry. Some people give up things, like sweets. Not me, mind you. (laughs) Other people give up things like their social media time or their their screen time. Others observe Lent by taking something up. Maybe it's time to read that book about faith that's been on your shelf gathering a bit of dust. I know I've got plenty of them. And of course, there's our, our Lent courses on, on, our, on healing our everyday life, in our everyday lives. We have morning prayer during Lent and Lent reflection service later, starting later this evening. So I kind of want to encourage everyone to be intentional about Lent, 
intentionable, intentional about to making time to spend, just as Jesus did, in prayer and thinking about our lives, our ministry, where our church is going, all sorts of things, but to be intentional about it. And so when I was thinking about a title for this morning, I kept thinking about those sort of three-word advertising slogans, and this is going to really show my age, things like Beans, Means, Heinz, and Work, Rest, and Play. And then the other thing I I remembered, um, which wasn't so long ago, and that was in COVID, there was Hands, Face, and Space. Do you remember that one? And I remember a certain Prime Minister, I don't know how many ago now, um, (laughs) who would stand at his lectern. And so this is my version. We're standing at my lectern here (laughs) with hearts, hearts, minds and space. And so this is what I just want to suggest to you this morning. Three words, they can mean many different things, but I just want to suggest these three bits. Hearts, take time this Lent to remember how much God loves you and reflect on how you can show that love to others. Minds, try to take the opportunity to clear your mind of what distracts you. Open your mind to what God may want to teach you or say to you as you pray, as you read and meet with others. And space, Try to make a space in your busy lives to get closer to God. And while it may not be practical to go out into the actual wilderness, perhaps you can find a space that's away from distraction, even if it's only for a short while. Or maybe you can just transform a corner of your space with a candle, a picture, a plant, anything that will change your focus and direct yourself to God. Loving God, you have created such a wonderful world for us to live in. We are thankful here for symbols of hope glimpsed in the natural world around us. For the snowdrops, crocuses, and even a few daffodils now appearing. What joy you bring us in this colour and new life emerging after the cold, dark winter. For the many gifts of this world, we thank you. Let us offer now in the silence our thanks for the good things of this week as they come to us. We bind these prayers to you, O God. We bind these prayers to you. For creativity in the midst of brokenness and immense destruction. For those wanting to paint, to bring color and symbols, to say thank you in horrendous circumstances. We thank you. There are so many broken places in our world. Let us pray now for those places and situations that come into our hearts and minds in the silence as we bind our broken world. 
We bind those prayers to you, O God. We bind these prayers to you. And let us think of those that we know who need our prayers today. We think especially of Shannon Hurtado's family grieving, and for Sally Jackwit, who's not been well this week, and for all those others on her hearts. Let us bring them now as we bind in silence. We bind these prayers to you, O God. We bind these prayers to you. And we pray now for ourselves, for our community here at St. James, that we might learn and grow in our faith, in our love for you and for those around us and for our world, that we might flourish and live well. Let us pray for ourselves and our community now. We bind these prayers to you, O God. We bind these prayers to you. Amen. Thank you, Joe and Carol. We've been talking about Lent, the word repentance, which is related to Lent, being more than just saying sorry for our sins, but actually metanoia about transforming changing our hearts and minds and the way that we live. So it's fantastic uh, to have a metaphor that's surrounding us, uh, which is looking at transformation and change and also the fragments and brokenness. Very rich metaphor, so thank you uh, for that, for all of us that we can carry through into, into Lent.
So let's say the blessing uh, together and say it to each other. May the love of God surround you, the passion of Jesus inspire you, and the wisdom of the Spirit guide your thoughts and Amen. Amen. Please stand for our closing song. Thank you.